Hi, and welcome to A Wee Blether About, podcast from the Academic Skills team at UWS. My name is Linda Riches, and I'm one of the Academic Skills Advisors at the University. Today, we're going to have a wee blether or a wee chat about academic writing. As usual, I'm joined by my fellow Academic Skills Advisors, Dr. Kevin Wilson. Hi, Kevin. Hi there. <laughs> and Ben Farrer. Hi, hi Ben. Hi. For those of you joining us for the first time, blether is a Scottish word for a good chat. And what we try to do in these podcasts is make them long enough to give you some good advice, but not so long that you're going to be fed up listening to us. So we thought this topic about academic writing was best split into two, as there's quite a lot to talk about. So for part one, we'll talk about what makes academic writing different to other kinds of writing. And we'll suggest some easy ways to make sure that you're doing all you can to write in an academic style. And as always, we'll probably share some thoughts about our own struggles with academic writing. So maybe what we should start off by doing is actually defining somehow what academic writing is and, and what makes it different to other kinds of writing that students might have come across. Um, Kevin, do you want to sort of kick off and just give us a sort of idea of what academic writing is if you were explaining it to a student? Sure, yeah. I mean, sometimes I think with these things, it's, it's, um, it's easier to understand things in, in comparison with others. So I suppose one way I, I would think about it is you know, I mean, I love reading novels and literature and things that things that make you think and you need to read a few times to interpret. And, um, you know, and, and I think it's interesting to think of academic writing in some ways as the opposite of that. You know, you don't want anything which is requires reading again or which, you know, which might take have a few ways of interpreting it. You always want to be, you know, academic writing is always just being as clear and direct as possible in the statement of, of, of what it's presenting. I think that would be one thing I would try and, uh, I suppose, stress with it whenever I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm always stressing the students, you don't want anybody ever to have to reread your work or your sentences. You know, the best academic writing is the stuff that can be read once. You know, each sentence can mm. be read once. All the meaning can be taken from it, which, you know, is, in some ways is the opposite of, of really kind of, you know, of many forms of literature, which get it which you get your benefits of when you from rereading a lot of the time and thinking about it and puzzling over what things might mean yeah yeah and I suppose the difference there is you're maybe thinking about it is when when you read the articles or, you know your research at the start and you're thinking about the points they're making but when you're actually writing it you want it to be as clear as possible of course yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, 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 definitely I yeah um, I mean, can you guys remember when you first had to write in an academic style and whether you found it difficult? Ben, can you remember like the first time you had to write an essay like that and just thought, I'm not quite sure what I'm doing here? Yeah, I remember the utmost horror of doing it. I just had no idea what I was doing. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm exactly the same as Kevin. You know, I came up sort of learning to you know, you, you learn to write from what you read, really. So, mm. you know, you read books and, and that kind of thing. Um, and then you come to an academic writing and it's like, you're not allowed to use personal pronouns, which is a very natural thing that we do, but you're not supposed yeah. to be doing that. You're meant to be writing in a formal style, which is quite abstract a lot of the time. It can be quite difficult. I remember my tutor would sometimes like write a draw a ring around a word and say, don't use that word. It's too informal. And it's like, well, why is it too informal? And you sort of, <laughs> you kind of learn it by feel and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then of course um, you've got all of the sort of, presenting an argument and that kind of thing and I think also academic writing it's very different from a lot of the sort of prior if you've been in study before 
it can be quite different because at school you're taught that kind of on the one hand this and on the other hand that um, approach to writing, whereas a lot of academic writing it's more about presenting a, an argument that runs through and really takes a stance on something based on evidence. So, you know, if the evidence is yeah. overwhelmingly um, on one side of things, you're not necessarily having to kind of invent things out of the book. I mean, the example I'm thinking of here is I, I had a student earlier who was talking about um, writing anything on the effects of smoking. And she was saying, well, I can't find anything that's positive about smoking. I can't present the other side of the argument. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a completely different um, uh, state of affairs. And I, I think it is just something that you, you sort of develop through practice and, and reading more of it. But, yeah, I mean, when I first encountered it, it was like some kind of alien world with nothing like anything I'd ever really... Yeah. I, I yeah I remember that for me as well because my background is in journalism so I was very much taught to write in a very specific way for journalism um, and I thought I would find academic writing fine because I was used to dealing in facts and and having to write things in a certain way but then I really struggled with reflective writing because I then had to write in the first person for that and that being the sort of example that you, you can when you can write in the first person and I found that really difficult to do you know just um, trying not to be descriptive because I kind of immediately thought oh well being reflective means I have to be very descriptive and I found that change quite difficult um, mm. you know it's 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 I think like you say Ben it's that whole thing of sometimes you sort of feel like you're sort of feeling your way through it. And when someone says, well, you can't use that word, you're thinking, why not? Why can't I use yeah. that word? I wonder um, also with the journalism, I don't know if you found it, but one thing I've, I've seen students do, and I know I used to do is when you're writing things a lot of the time, you kind of want almost like to hold something back for the end to sort of keep yeah. them keep them wanting to read. And sometimes I say to students, you know, you're not writing a crime novel. You don't need a twist at the end. The point of academic writing is, by the time you read the abstract, the introduction, you know what it says. You you know you need to know more detail, but you kind yeah. of put everything yeah. forward at once. So I imagine that's very different to journalism where you're trying to that's, keep someone. Yeah, that's that's very, very true. Yeah. And and sometimes, you know, you want to save something for later on in, in the piece. So the idea of sort of saying it all at the start, you know, was really alien to me. Um I suppose that brings brings us on to maybe thinking about some of the the sort of easy little things that people can do to, um, you know, think about academic writing. And I know, Kevin, you always say, like, the best writing comes from your rewriting. I always like to quote that to students because I think that's where, you know, actually thinking about what you're reading and then coming to write it and then going back over it makes a huge difference. But are there any sort of really quick things that you always advise students to do that can instantly sort of help with that idea of, making the writing more academic um i mean there's i mean the easy i mean the easiest ones is, is, is your kind of um your your abbreviations or your contractions you know two mm. words like couldn't and wouldn't and shouldn't these these are and then what i say i'll say to students is it's not there's something wrong with those words it's just that they're not appropriate to that kind of context because it's an, an, an informal type of writing they may not you might not know it's an informal kind of phraseology but shouldn't and couldn't is less formal than could not and would not and should not yeah. and just so if somebody sends me an email with a, with a with, with you know shouldn't in it rather than should not I wouldn't even I wouldn't even notice it but suddenly if you see it in that context of of an academic essay it's once you've got that eye for what academic writing should look like it stands out as your marker would you know it will stand out to them and mm. I think you know kind of going back to what we're saying it's 
you know, the difficulty with at the start like of it right now is it's um it's a it's a new context that people don't necessarily have um a, a, an awareness of and, and naturally so if you've not written at university. So you know, whereas you know what's appropriate in certain situations, certain ways of talking to, to other people or certain ways of writing, you know, what's appropriate. The, the most difficult thing is, to me, I remember, you know, my first essay, you know, and I still remember probably that being one of the most difficult ones just because I didn't know what was expected of me, you know, and it's, it's mm. a kind of learn. The more you become familiar with the context, the more you understand what's appropriate and what's not, what's informal and what's not. And then you can start to spot these wee things like that, like that example there of the... Yeah, yeah. Like that. Um, and you know, generally, kind of informal phrases and, and and things like that. And also avoiding that sort of emotive language. Um, I have a real thing about that when I'm when I'm talking to students. If I see real emotive language in there, and and people, you know, I saw one the other day where someone made a point and said it was devastating. And I was kind of like, could you take devastating out? And it would still, you would still have the impact or you would still be able to make the point. Um, yeah. You know, is is that something, Ben, that you find sometimes students accidentally fall into? They put those phrases in thinking that's going to add to the, the assignment when actually it doesn't? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it's a very natural thing. You know, we mm. tend to speak in terms of emotive ways. I think the, the two things are, as you say, it, it's it's very easy to slip it in, but there are also ways of avoiding doing that while still maintaining the effect. So um, for, for instance, if you're trying to say that something has had a huge effect, rather than saying it's had a devastating effect, you can say it's, you can quant- quantify it for, for instance. So like, you know, it's resulted in X percentage of something happening, or mm. you can provide some something more tangible, um, yeah. or even find a quote or something like that um, from from some data or something like that that gets across the severity of something. So, I think, yeah, absolutely. You 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 want to avoid that sort of emotive language because you're trying to present a, an analytical argument, something that's clear and impartial. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to lessen the impact. You can do it. You just do it in other ways. And, and often you do it in ways that are just more academic, I suppose, in, in terms of sort of sticking with facts and, and information and that kind of thing. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you can, you know, that the impact isn't there. It's just maybe aligning it a bit more closely to a bit of research to really make your point or a, or a really good quote that makes that point. Yeah, I mean, just to add to what Ben says, I think that, when, it's helpful to think of the writing itself in academic when, when you're writing in these kind of things is it's always being quite sober and you know not it, it's not the writing which itself should be exciting but the ideas if that makes sense you know like mm. says a fact to, to prove something rather than an amplifying word like you know devastating mm-hmm. which is which reflects your personal kind of viewpoint on it which is not doesn't really add anything to the debate as much as it does to to offer some evidence or a fact which proves the devastating effect of, of, of the thing that's been discussed. I think that in some ways, really good academic writing is almost invisible, I think, because you're just, because the marker or the reader is, is so engaged with the ideas and the evidence that's been discussed, the, the, the writing itself is, is quite, it's almost just like a really straightforward vehicle for imparting all this information to the, to, to, to the reader. 
Yeah, that's that's a good point, Kevin. Actually, that it, it you know you're not really focusing so much on. So I suppose what happens often is lecturers when they're marking, they start looking at the you know the abbreviations and the informal phrases, um, and maybe something that's that's become a bit too descriptive, and that distracts from actually the points that are trying to be made. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and that's what you know when we talk about you know these you know the emotive language like these amp- amplifying words where we're offering you know we're using the language itself or to to kind of position ourselves within the, the writing that becomes almost a distraction from from what it is I think that we're meant to be discussing, which is generally the evidence and the ideas, which is what the markers interested in less as much less so that you know your personal viewpoint on it. I think you know. Uh, a point for another podcast is 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 a discussion is this kind of argument that or sometimes students say, well, does that mean I never have a position or an opinion? Mm. I think you know, when I was saying this to student earlier on, and we're maybe moving into a, a discussion of critical thinking here, but you know, academic writing will you, you, your discussion will be formed on the basis of of the evidence that you've that you've considered, and it's all you've got a position. Like Ben said earlier on, if the evidence is overwhelmingly you know, reflecting the, the benefits or the, neg- the negative um, effects of something, then that's the position that you're going to establish. It's not your personal viewpoint on it, but it's an, an evidence-based kind of position. And, and, I, and I think that's, you know, so while we talk about not having, you know, showing emotion or having a, it's not that we never have a, a kind of viewpoint, because I think mm. it's important that academic writing has that kind of argument running through it, but, it, but it's always one that we can trace back to the evidence rather than just our personal thoughts and feelings and I think they're the types of things that are often reflected by these types of words that we were that we've, that we've kind of discussed in there yeah yeah and just to if I can just further that um mm. I think honestly that's one of the really nice things about academic writing because you know this is part of your learning process and often you actually find you know say you go into an essay and you do have a strong opinion about something in it you know you you think you understand uh how something works or you have a view on it Often you actually, when you go through the process, you find out whether the evidence agrees with you or whether actually there are alternative viewpoints or maybe you didn't have as good a grasp of that kind of thing as you thought you did. So actually the writing process becomes a learning process. Like Kevin said, you're focusing more on the the information and the facts and how you engage with the reality, the reality of the world and of your subject. So it's when you're really invested in that and you, you... get into that sort of following the um the chain of information um you actually end up sometimes finding that you you didn't think quite what you thought you think but you come out with a a much stronger way of thinking about it because you're just more informed you know more yeah yeah and I think that idea as well maybe brings us back to that idea of reading first and writing second because I think so often a lot of students think right they sit down with a blank page and think right I've got to I've got to write this this has got to be an academic piece of writing and I've got to write this and sometimes what I find is students who maybe know a subject quite well find that more difficult than if they've had to go away and research something that they don't really have a lot of idea about because they've then maybe actually spent more time thinking about the ideas and thinking how to put them across in their assignment. Um, yeah. Is that is that something that you find, Kevin? Yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, I think it's, it's weirdly a, a, an issue often for students at both ends of, of, of what I would say is the uh, or, or different kind of ends of, of university kind of experience. So sometimes for first year students, where they're maybe writing a, a first assignment, which in some ways is just getting them to you know, I suppose, practice academic writing or get used to it. 
um, what they'll often find is that they might get a lot of the information that they want to to write in their essay from the from the lecture. So they, they sometimes mm-hmm. end up writing the essay and then going away and trying to find the evidence to 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 fit in around the points they've already written. So they're in in that in that respect they're they're kind of gathering the uh, they're gathering the evidence to to support the point that they've already decided they want to write. Yeah. Something which happens quite a lot with students as well who are perhaps coming back from out, you know, either being in work for a long time or working in a field for a long time and then coming back to do a professional qualification, they've got a really good idea of what they want to say. So they write a lot of it and then they go away and try to find evidence to support it. And what that's doing is, is kind of taking away that learning experience that Ben was talking about, which is where we get an idea or something we want to investigate and then we kind of go into the research with this open mind about it and, and mm. we let the research guide us and, and shape a point, which... Is, is, is one thing that I think comes will be reflected in really good academic writing and it's, it's, a, it's kind of a difficult thing to get at first I think that sense that you know you want to to arrive at the, the, the you know you want to be going into research with an idea of what you want to be investigating but not tied down to a specific you know uh, point that you want to say straight away. Yeah and I think sometimes students have this sense that they're wasting time if they spend a lot of time reading but I usually say you know you should be spending two-thirds of the time really reading and thinking about that reading and making those connections and the final third is actually putting it down on the page because you've actually thought it through and then you can present it on the page Um, and also you know another another thing that I find is is trying to to encourage people not to use the longest words in the dictionary. So, you know, trying to use a big long word and thinking that will impress when actually some of the best work that I've read has been in very simple, straightforward language, which maybe brings us back to what we said at the start about, you know, writing very simply and, and sort of presenting your arguments that way. I mean, I've got, so, so I'm talking about too long here, but I, I mean, I'll speak, I speak to students about this all the time. I've probably told a lot in this story, but. I remember in fourth year, um, we were in a class, and it was a great class, right? Like, so it was one of the best lecturers, and I was really enjoying it. And everybody had submitted their first essay. And I remember him coming into the tutorial, and um, at, you know, after he'd been marking a few, and he was he was really annoyed. And he sent us all away after twenty minutes because he was so annoyed. And he said, you know, too many people. And this is this was us in fourth year, right? Thinking we were we were the thing, you know, we were. Oh, <laughs> just too many people were trying to sound, you know, had a sense that to, to write in an academic context is to, is to sound in this really overblown and, you know, mm. hard to follow way, right? And they were they were making, what was happening was the ideas, that was what he was interested in, were becoming obscured by, you know, all these unnecessarily um, kind of long words or inappropriately, you know, used long words or sentences which just ran on for too long. And the, the writing was getting in the way of what he was interested in was was the ideas and really mm. you know, what what he said and it's again it's all stuck to me stuck with me was that you know the best writing best academic writing matches kind of com- complexity of thought with clarity of, of expression you want it to be really quite simple and direct in what you're saying as long as it's got that formal tone but you know communicating complex ideas and if you can I mean if you can match those two things together then you've then you've cracked it really if somebody can. Mm a really complex idea in your essay and what one that's communicated in four or five really clearly stated sentences then then you've done it you've done what you need to do you know it doesn't mean because you're talking about complex things that you need to have language which is really really difficult to follow yeah that's true any any final thoughts Ben on that anything that you would 
advise a student to, you know, even a simple thing that they should think about? Or, um, I mean, that's quite a good point that Kevin's made about that idea of, you know, not letting the, the writing get in the way of your ideas. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the, the thing that often gets said, and it, it, it's, it remains true, it's easy to make something simple sound complicated. It's hard to make something complicated simple. Yeah. But really, that's ideally what we want to be doing. We, we want to be presenting the information in a way that is as clear as possible because the ideas are in and of themselves are complicated. They don't need any more complexifying. Um, so match it to that. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's a good point. I think um, reading through academic writing, um, you don't want it to seem sort of overblown. You don't want your writing to get in the way. Um, ideally, you want to be presenting things in a way that's that's kind of clear and crisp and that kind of thing. Um, I mean, it's probably a subject for another time, but I think also keep an eye on sort of structure and not trying to do too much at once, I guess, would be my kind of home point on a lot of this is, um, mm-hmm. you know, just when you're dealing with, with, with complex ideas and that kind of thing, um, take them sort of one at a time. Um, and, you know, try and write in a way that, that just sort of matches them um, in terms of in terms of that level of complexity and that kind of thing. You know, don't don't overcomplicate things. Yeah. 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 That's that's probably a, a good point, actually, to maybe pause th- this one to stop this um, this podcast. And we could maybe talk about that more, pick it up in the next one when we're going to talk a bit more about academic writing, because um, it's such a huge subject. And hopefully we've given people say, just a quick idea of what it's all about. And hopefully we've not confused or complicated things. Um, so, you know, if you've, if anyone listening wants to jump onto part two, what we're going to talk about in the in the second um, sort of section is we're going to talk a bit more in depth about putting your work together, and we'll probably talk a bit about paragraphing and paraphrasing and, and bringing those ideas together. Um, so remember that you can always book one to one appointments with us or small group appointments with academic skills, um, so that you can chat about these kind of things. So if you want a chat about academic writing and some of the ideas that we've mentioned today, that's absolutely not a problem. And as always, we'd love to hear your comments on the podcast. So if there's a topic that you want to hear us have a, a wee blether about then drop a line to skills at uws.ac.uk Thanks for listening <laughs>